So, have you had any luck with that uh, Lego Batman trailer? Yes, I just watched it. Ah, wonderful. Oh, look, Chris Miller. You've just retweeted him. Let yes, me have a look. and that should work. Right. Um, this may be incredibly loud, so um, I, I apologize for your ears if, uh, if it is. Okay. Computer, how do I put the Joker in Arkham Asylum? Quickest route, no freeways. Computer, do you hear me? Hello, Master Bruce. I have just taken away your computer privileges. Yes. <laughs> Sir, it's time for you to stop this unhealthy behavior. You can't spend the rest of your life alone, dressed in black, and staying up all night. Good night, Alfred. Sir, it's morning. <laughs> you need to take responsibility for your life, and it starts by raising your son. I'm sorry. I literally have no idea what Is that Ray Fiennes? The young orphan you adopted at the gun. Oh, maybe. Hold on. I thought I was being sarcastic. Hello, secret camera. What? It's the Batcave! Oh my gosh, 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 oh my gosh. Batman! Whoa! You're darn right, whoa. Wait, does Batman live in Bruce Wayne's basement? No. Bruce Wayne lives in Batman's attic. No, don't touch that. The mariachi. That one is culturally insensitive. Night terror. What do we think of this? Glam bat. This one. Absolutely not. Wait, what's that one there? I love it. My only trouble is these pants are just a little tight. I got an idea. Rip. It's better. Now I'm free. Now I'm moving. Come on, Batman. Let's get grooving. I can only look you in the eyes right now. Are you ready to follow Batman and maybe learn a few life lessons along the way? I sure am. But first, where's the seatbelt? The first lesson is life doesn't give you seatbelts. Oh, Alfred, I have incredible reflexes. <laughs> <laughs> I am so sorry. As soon as I get back to the Batcave, I will make sure that Alfred puts seatbelts on there. But for the time being, I'm just going to put my arm right here, and we're just going to gently ease out of here. Real <laughs> gentle-like. I am sold. <laughs> I mean, oh, I, it looks so good. I was sold anyway, because uh -huh. Batman was one of the best parts of the Lego movie. Mm -hmm. But dear God almighty and all that is holy, that that, that was great. The, the That is easily the best establishment of Robin as a character. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Cause I thought I saw this, the, um, the, the still frame and I thought that it was um, Carrie, what's her face? Uh, she's the, uh, the Robin from the, uh, the dark Knight. Um, the Frank Miller Dark Knight books, like mm -hmm. the future grizzled Dark Knight, because um, it's same sort of hair. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is so good. I'm gonna I'm gonna be watching that incessantly. Yeah, I'm very excited about that. That's Michael Sarah playing Robin. That's and, awesome. Uh, Will Arnett, of course, playing yeah. Batman. That's so good. Great. I'm 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 sure that that's Ray Fiennes playing. Uh, it is. It is. Oh, that's the best. <laughs> it's the fucking best. I'm so excited for it. Oh man. Oh, uh, speaking of um, of all that other stuff though, because um, 
DC like dropped a fucking shitload of goodness on us. Right, and what what I retweeted the the one tweet about it, but they immediately put videos up on YouTube of every single thing that they showed at the con, which, which was is a good art. move. It's a good yeah. move. I I can understand people at the con being pissed off that they queued and you know they got what they thought was an exclusive look, and yeah, they did. They were one of the first but, few hundred people to see it. But then it goes out on you YouTube. Know, yeah, that's the thing. It's like they show it, they all get to see it, and then it goes up, everybody can see it. And it's yeah. like, put it up in its best for quality. Up, you still get to see it first, get to see it there live, yeah. get to see the panel. Like, yeah. there's still a benefit of it. It's not like you don't, you know. Because hmm. all that would happen would be that you'd get what happened with like Tron Legacy. You'd get some shaky ass camera showing something at about 240p, um, and everyone would see it, but not in its best. Uh, so it's it, you may as well release it as they have done in like 1080 glorious P and um, you know give everybody a proper look the Wonder Woman trailer man I love that mm-hmm. so good and that was just like the first of many things that DC finally did right and I can yeah. say that now like <laughs> um, the, the tone of, of the DC universe has been very grayscale up until this point and... Everything that they released today was fun. Um, it had humor. It looked exciting. Um, mm-hmm. Color everywhere. Yeah, and that's a huge difference. Uh, Wonder Woman was weird because it would go back and forth between seeming colorful and not colorful, but mm. ultimately I think it felt more like the color popped mm-hmm. than was muted, mm. which is a huge difference from the other movies that have been in the series so far. Mm. Uh, I thought the action, I, I feel like I want to see it like fully in action. It's kind of, it's all cut up and kind of hard to follow in the trailer, but I'm mm. uh, assuming those are longer action sequences. Yeah. And I like the fact that they're watching telling her do what she did mm. seemed cool. And her lasso like was really bright when she was using oh, it. Like super bright. Yeah. Maybe slightly too bright. If right. I'm being it did super seem critical. A little almost fake, but yeah, it's still something I think is an improvement. That I'd rather can definitely see it be too bright than not bright at all. Yeah, like the the trailer, uh, the the film is still a, a way out. Like that they've got time to to be um, doing stuff in in post, and that's actually something I wanted to like mention as well. I've put this up on Twitter as well. Um, they wrapped filming of Wonder Woman very shortly after the release of Batman vs Superman, mm-hmm. or before, if I remember. And there were, they, I mean, obviously they had that picture of her and Chris Pine from mm. the movie and like the cast. Yeah. In that first movie, I here's so so this is where I kind of feel about the state of all this. Um, you, let's we're gonna go out on a limb and we're gonna say it's tough because on the one hand it's like you want to be like oh they learned their lesson after Batman versus Superman. Yeah. But then it's like, well, Suicide Squad and Wonder Woman wrap so closely that it's almost like, why? Like, so you, so then it's like, well, you guys, it's not like you did something and everyone didn't like it, so you're, um, now fixing the problem that everyone gave. Now it's like, well, it seems like everybody else was aware of this issue except for. Hmm. This big, this big movie that you released, and now everybody's got this bad taste in their mouth because it just Batman versus Superman took itself too seriously, I think, and 
um, was way too convoluted. Like, it's too dark and too convoluted to then take itself so seriously. I think that's what everybody found, like, off-putting about it. Hmm. But then you have Wonder Woman, which has not only is bright, but fun-looking action, which if you look at Batman versus Superman, it didn't, it wasn't completely negative. People walked away with positive. It was just like the movie didn't work as a whole, but you had things yeah. that people enjoyed about it. Um, Wonder Woman's action scenes reminded me of the cool Batman sequence at mm-hmm. the end of the movie that everybody liked. Um, and it's got color, which is nice to see. And there's some really cool shots in the trailer that I'm yeah. looking forward to. I, think I like that it's set in World War One, right? I think so, yeah. It, they looked like um, World War One era German uniforms from what I saw. Mm-hmm. And it looks like I'm excited to see the... Uh, the um, like... Uh, it just... There, there's a lot of cool imagery in this trailer, and I'm excited to see the whole the movie as a whole. And um, I think it looks pretty good. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I mean, there there are a couple of points that I kind of wanted to kind of get your take on. Um, I mean, the first one is more of a statement than anything else, uh, which is I, I think that it's very easy for them to change the the color issue because i i think that the uh, the wonder woman costume was always quite colorful in the same way that the superman costume is actually quite colorful uh, mm-hmm. but they change it in post to dull it down especially with the the superman outfit um right yeah. i think what they're doing off of the back of hearing, oh, it's all grey, it's very dark, it's very dreary, I think they've gone in in post, because this is the only thing they could do. They couldn't have, have gone back in time and said, actually, put on a brighter costume. I think they're going in in post, and, and they're brightening up her costume in, in most of the scenes. Um, either that, or they're just not dulling it down. Um, and there's a fantastic contrast between the scene, the war scenes, which are very dull and grey and horrible but they have to be because that's what war is like and I've been very um, on Twitter at the moment because of Battlefield 1 I haven't taken an anti-Battlefield stance as much as I'm uncomfortable with the idea of a uh, a video game which is making a really horrendously awful conflict into a kind of like blockbuster video game experience because World War 1 was not a uh, a tub thumping get on the uh, get in a plane and and blow people out of the sky have a great time war war isn't in general fun but world war 1 was a fucking atrocity and people basically just spent three or four years of their life in a trench and they could either walk out one side of the trench and get cut down by the enemy they could stay in the trench and get gassed or they could walk out the other side of the trench and get shot by their own side for desertion it's a horrible fucking war, and as far as Battlefield is concerned, it's not for me. First-person shooters never were, but the way that it treats the First World War, I'm not conscious. I'm conscious. I'm, I'm not um, comfortable with it myself. Having said that, people are going to play it. They're going to love it, and I haven't got a problem with that at all. What I love about Wonder Woman is that when you see these scenes of war. It's very much like Saving Private Ryan in that it's just like, no, you know what? War isn't glamorous. It's fucking horrendous. It's dirty. It's mm-hmm. nauseating. 
and I'm going to shoot everything in kind of like this blue hue or a you know gray scale or maybe even a touch of green uh, you know I'm going to play up certain colors but then she's there and there's just such a contrast between them and her and rightly so because she's supposed to be this big beacon of hope and like this this rallying call if you will and it's just great to see a character like her being so colourful and hopefully they'll tone down the lasso a little bit because it is very yellow at the moment and I'm hoping they'll go for a more kind of golden hue uh, and then it can glow bright yellow when it's using its powers or whatever but you know um, but I, I love the look of that and um, also I, th- I think generally speaking where it comes to fight scenes I think superpowers are the most boring fucking thing in the world to bring to a fight scene. Um, and I'll qualify that by saying that Superman versus Zod was a couple of CGI men flying around, going yep. through buildings, and that was basically it. And then Heat Vision, which had no impact because we can't relate to that. Batman's fight scene was visceral. It was real. It was a man with no powers just beating the ever-living shit out of people, getting a knife in his uh, shoulder, just taking it out and nailing that guy to the fucking post and saying, I'll be back for you later. It's visceral. It's something that you can actually kind of, you know that you could never do that in a million years, but you kind of feel like you know what it would take for somebody to be able to do that. And although Wonder Woman is on the level of Superman in terms of strength and stuff, her fight scenes feel a lot more like the Batman ones because of the fact that she's a grounded hero. She she doesn't fly, she hasn't got heat vision. She fights with a sword and a shield. She punches the shit out of people. Um, she does everything up close and personal. And that's why I think those fight scenes work so well because it has to be a choreographed fight. It's real people um, you know, putting on a show. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think that's why that works. Um I mean, that's just my personal take. I don't know what, how you feel about that. Uh, no, I think that that's what um, is so cool about this trailer is that there is – they show – like war, the war is dark and gray and dirty, mm. whereas Wonder Woman is very bright. Yeah. And I think that is – really cool i think Mm. that is a great contrast and i think that's the kind of thing that really works for this trailer Mm. um it seems to be the the whole kind of plan for the movie that idea of like here's this bright spot who's coincidentally a woman in this big war i think it really works yeah oh and also i know that people are always kind of like anti-origin stories at least they are for the heroes that we keep getting origin stories for because we know them you know, we know Spider-Man, we know Superman, we know Batman. Wonder Woman's origin story hasn't ever really been told before. And I'm really glad that it's being told in this film because I don't feel like there are as many people out there. Like, if you ask people, oh, you know, what, what super, uh, Superman story, they'll all tell you the rough, broad uh, brushstrokes of his story. You know, Kryptonian, planet blew up, he came to Earth, raised by a couple of farmers... Uh, dresses as a uh, as a reporter and and saves the world. Um, Wonder Woman, I don't think anywhere near the same number of people know her story, and so for that story to be told, and for them to actually reference the original origin story of Soldier gets washed up on Themyscira and she rescues him and falls in love with him, 
I think that that's fantastic that they're telling that story. Um, mm-hmm. Origin stories do work. They just have to be origin stories that people haven't seen before. <laughs> you, you can't know? keep doing the same origin story. Nobody no. has a problem no, with the origin stories in general, honestly. I think when you're starting a new character, that's a good way to start out. But it gets yeah. to, the, to a point where... By the time even you do a reboot or a remake of a character, there's no point in doing the origin story again unless you're going to do something very different. Hmm. You can't. In The Amazing Spider-Man, they literally do the exact same thing. It's just a little bit. It's just worse. They do it worse. (laughs) And then you're like, well, what the – why? Like then you get bored. You're sitting there in the theater thinking why I don't – I know what happens here. I know Uncle Ben dies. I don't need to fucking watch this again. Hmm. nobody's seen Wonder Woman's origin in this context in a movie. I think it's something that is important. And I think if you're going, you introduce the character already so we know who she is. So now do an origin story. I think it makes sense. Now here's how she came into this whole thing. And guess what? Jokes. We get jokes in this trailer. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping there's a lot more in the film. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it seems like there will be. I'm hoping there will be. Um, the vibe I got from everything that came out of this DC camp is there are jokes and mm. humor, not just jokes. Yeah. Yeah. It just seems like it's not as dire mm. as it was before. No. Well, you, I you know, it's really important. You know what you want to start talking about, so I'm not going to stop you. What? Which one? Do you want to talk about the, the 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 Justice League? Yeah, let's not tease it any longer. Let's just let's talk about it. Come on, I, okay. I need to talk about this. It's, <laughs> I, was okay. the, I wasn't expecting this trailer today, and it's blown me away. Right. So I think this this also goes into to the order of like things that I also really enjoyed too, because I think I like the Wonder Woman trailer. I really enjoyed the Justice League trailer, and then that last. Suicide Squad trailer. I'm just like, fuck, man. I am so excited to see that movie. <laughs> um, so uh, the Justice League trailer was really good, hmm. and it. I'm. So it on paper. See, here's the problem with this is my whole DC argument, and I'm hoping that you're finally like feeling um i don't want you to feel justified but like you're feeling better about like this conversation with the dc stuff because <laughs> like for but like there's a difference when i man of steel came out i went in open mind i kind of liked it at first but the more i thought about it the more i didn't like it and especially mm-hmm. the ending really bothered me and Batman versus Superman, all of the information came out for that. Casting-wise, I was like, not a bad cast. Hmm. I don't think it's bad. A lot of people didn't like Ben Affleck. I was like, that's fine. I think he'll be good. Jesse Eisenberg, I thought, would be good. Um, But then, the more and more stuff that came out from it, I was just like, this isn't going to be good. This is just going to be the same as Men of Steel, and it seemed like it was going to be worse. And it was. It was the stuff I didn't like about Man of Steel amplified, but with some bright spots. Mm. I said this a million times, but I truly, truly, truly think that um, there is 
it's frustrating to me that Zack Snyder was given Superman as a character to make movies about because he clearly wants to be making Batman movies. Mm. He clearly likes that character. Those were the scenes that stood out in the and even though he's more violent, you seem you can justify it. Yeah. You know? It's one of yeah. those things where it's like, okay, the character is in a dark place. This is a different take on the character. It, it's one of those things that I think you could probably justify. And then specifically, I think the problem is if you justify it and you say, oh, this is a violent version of, of Batman, he needs to revert back or learn that lesson. You know what I mean? Mm, yep. I like the idea of a born-again Batman, of mm. a Batman who he hit a low point, he started breaking his own rules, he got carried away with it. Um, he felt justified in doing that because of the situation at hand. Learns that instead of fighting something you don't understand, you can work with it, join forces with it. You could work with Superman and Wonder Woman and other metahumans and then realizes that this that, that he needs to be the bright spot in the world. And I like that arc. It seems from the footage in the Justice League trailer, that's where we're going. It seems like Batman has lightened way up, um, which is awesome. I loved um, Alfred in Batman versus Superman because Mm -hmm. he was another bright spot. He would cut Batman down in both being serious and joking a lot. Mm. And this, you have scenes where Batman's like, being goofy and so this is like to me when when you looked at that all the man of steel stuff that was coming out i was like i don't want to see this movie it just looks like it's dark and brooding and all the same bullshit that i didn't like in man of steel and now it's just gonna be more of it and it was Hmm. then um the while this was all going on they were like, Jason Momoa is going to play Aquaman, and here's what his character looks like. And I went, this is going to fucking suck. Like, this is just, they're just trying to make everything cool and edgy and dark. And the problem is, it's like, that's not a bad thing. But the problem is, you're taking everything so seriously. And then it feels like Aquaman can't just be Aquaman because Aquaman isn't cool. It's got to be cool and dark and black. However... Seeing this footage in this trailer from this Justice League movie, I love it. I love Mm. Jason Momoa being weird and edgy and dark because Batman's lighter, the Flash is lighter, even Wonder Woman is making jokes. Now he seems like this stoic figure Mm. in this badass amongst these other people he seems like he has a better place in the group. And now I'm like, that's not a bad idea. Hmm. But if it's brooding Superman, brooding Batman, brooding Aquaman, then it's like, well, all these people are the same. Like they're just like dreary and not taking themselves seriously. The lines when Batman is telling Wonder Woman about his meeting with Aquaman and how it went is funny. (laughs) I really like the back and forth there. Um, and then there's the scene where Bruce Wayne meets Barry. I this is so this is there are two things that I absolutely love about the scene. Hmm. One, I love that and 
the way they do this, they did it so well. Batman is just Bruce Wayne. He's like, I'm Bruce Wayne. Barry's immediately cracking jokes. Then Bruce just throws a batarang at him. Mm. He immediately sees it coming at him slowly, sidesteps it, looks at it, realizes it's a fucking batarang, goes, <laughs> oh shit, Bruce Wayne is Batman. Yeah. Catches it, and then Batman's like, I want you on my team. He's like, I'm fucking there. I'm yeah, so no, excited. that's the thing. That's what <laughs> I love about that is that he says, there's something coming, and, and, and he cuts him off, and he says, I'll do it. He said, but I haven't even told you. He, he, said, he says, no, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, and he says, well, it's because we need, we, we need... We need friends or something like that. And, and Barry he's, says... He's, I just... I need friends. I need friends, yeah. Just so funny. Yeah, um, no, I was talking to um, uh, David Hopkins uh, over um, Facebook about this. And he's not a big fan of this Barry Allen because of the fact that Barry Allen should be mid-30s working for the police in the forensics department. Um, but... As a character in its own right, I think he quite likes him. I, I think he he likes the uh, the lightning crackling uh, whenever he uses his powers, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I I said to him, I just like the fact that in this world of self-assured badasses as heroes, you've got somebody that is just like completely not sure about themselves, uh, will use humor as a crutch. And the thing is, is that as the Flash, like that definitely works for Wally West, but not for Barry Allen. Um, and so it's just a case of getting used to the fact that they may have used the personality of one Flash and combined it with the actual identity of another one. And you've got this composite of the two standing in front of you. Um, I I really like it, uh, that character. I think he's going to bring a lot of levity, a lot of fun to the group. Um you can just tell from that one scene, just he's suddenly just changed the entire dynamic of, of how that film is going to work. And as far as Batman making jokes is concerned, when he's in the cow, I don't want him to be making jokes. I want him to be grim, stone-faced, badass, I just want to kick people's asses, break some bones. When he hasn't got the mask on and he's basically Bruce Wayne or the Bruce Wayne-Batman hybrid when he's with the rest of the Justice League, he can be as witty and as funny as he wants to be, and that won't bother me. But Batman, as a crime fighter, cannot which, be fun be or light. Fair, you already got that... what you don't like, that was in the last movie. That, that was like one joke. There and, was a couple. There's a couple of times of comic relief where he's in the cow. The part where he's like, "Oh shit," and the part where he's like, "I thought he was with you. like." Yeah, was, the oh shit moment. Like being, I don't mind He that. was being like somewhat goofy, honestly. Yeah, but, near the end no, of no the but movie. what I what I mean is the kind of like the more or less joke. I don't want to see him doing stuff like that in the cow. Like the "I thought she was with you" line. I liked it because it was levity in a movie that badly needed levity. So I was going to take it from every anywhere. Right, um, right, right. and that's as how for, I felt about everything he did. I didn't. Yeah. I wasn't even. Compl- Planning about that because um, honestly, everything was so. Yeah. Um, as for the oh um, shit moment, dark that I was. I think, regardless of whether I'm what I'm wearing or what personality I'm trying to put forward, if I'm fighting a um, eight foot laser beam emitting alien green skin monster thingy with bones sticking out of his skin, and um, it's about to fucking kill me, 
I will say a lot worse than oh shit. Um, so I can I can absolutely. Right, but I mean, it, it's one. still like a goofy moment. No, it's a goofy Batman moment, but like... it's not like he's he's having banter with other people at that point. Uh, I know I'm undercutting my own point uh, with, with what I'm saying, but um, I, right. I, I'm just kind of what I'm, See, what I I'm meaning to I, say I is more the fact that. Um, when, when you said that um, he can be lighter, yeah, he can, he can be lighter, but I would rather that as well, Batman, he right. is more the straight guy. And from what we see in this trailer, there's no indication that Batman will be like that in this. It yeah. seems like he's going to be, and he doesn't he doesn't need to be. I think there is, you have this new version of Aquaman who is different than the version of Batman that we seem to be getting. Um, and... You have the Flash, who can be funny. Mm. Let, the Flash can make jokes the whole time, um, and Wonder Woman can do what she does, which just fight and be a badass. Like we haven't really seen much of her character, but to me, and you have Cyborg, who seems a bit serious, but can be comedic in other iterations, obviously. Mm. So I wouldn't mind seeing a little bit of lightheartedness, especially from those younger members of the team. Mm. But like with what I really, truly hope is when Superman comes back, yeah, that that they somehow manage to fix the problems with that character. Because yeah, my, yeah, like the thing that I thought was the best part about this trailer was that Superman wasn't in it, hmm. and he. It's entirely possible that they won't want to rush his return back, so he might turn up at the end of the Justice League movie. He might turn up at the beginning of the follow-on movie. I still don't know if they're well, they doing definitely have the pictures of him. Yeah, they they have a picture of him because together, so. because we know that they will be the Justice League eventually. Like anyone that thinks that Superman won't be part of the Justice League is fooling themselves. But right. I still it's think that I still think that the, the way that it's probably going to go forward is they build the Justice League without him, and then he comes in kind of last minute to save the day. And then we get an explanation at some point as to what's happened. We all know what's happened. We've read the fucking books. Um, but yeah, my my hope, and I think it correlates with your hope, is that when he comes back, um, that death is a transformative experience for him, and that um, it makes him into not necessarily a more light-hearted person, because I, I don't think that he was like a dour person. I feel like he had the weight of the world on his shoulders because he was constantly thinking, you know, what do these people want from me? But his death, in a way, has it frees him of that worry because all he's got to do is look at that park with like the simple S shield on the ground as his, as his kind of like tribute. It's not this big kind of like atlas with the world on his shoulders, which I thought actually, you know, if you look at the statue at the beginning of Batman versus Superman, it very much feels like Atlas. Like he's supporting the whole world on his shoulders. He has all that weight on him. And at the end of the movie, you have uh, a very simple, um, just S shield on the ground, um, which just stands for hope. You know, that's what they've said from the beginning of the, of the Man of Steel. It, it, it doesn't. It's not an S. It means hope. That's what it is. And so my hope is my hope. Uh, no <laughs> pun intended. Is that because he now sees the love and the respect that everyone has for him, that that will lift that pressure from him, and he can just get on with being what he is, which is a hero and someone that looks after people and saves people, and he can be the bright light that he was meant to be and should have been. You know, 
you, you can still be... He has been mishandled. I, I had hope that... The, the problem was Man of Steel, because it's an origin story, yet another one, yawn, um, you have the room to, for him to be the way that he was because it's a growing experience. He's learning how to be the man that he will be eventually. Um, but what then needed to happen in Batman vs Superman was that he became that man and he was that bright light and that beacon. And that didn't happen because of the obvious reason that you needed him to have a fucking fight with Batman so he needed to be kind of like he couldn't be like truth justice in the American way because Batman wouldn't have any reason to fight him if that was the case. Um, I'm not defending them I'm just saying you know that that's the choice they made with the story they told but there's no reason why when he comes back now he can't be a much lighter character as a result of everything he's been through uh, and so that is I think something that's really needed and again I don't know why I know I've said this a bunch of times but I really did like Superman and Clark Kent at the beginning of Man of Steel there's something about when he put on that costume where he it really truly seemed to be like everything he seemed like such a down to earth real person mm. and then like he didn't anymore. Yeah. And to me I think I love the idea of Superman just feeling like a normal guy. Mm. Just a good just a good dude with superpowers just a normal guy. I really would like to see that. I don't know where they're going to go. I hope that's kind of what it is. Like when I say light, I mean like just let him be like a guy. Just let him be. Mm. Hey, I'm Superman. Yeah. I you mean, know, you... kick your kick your ass, and he's not like so gaudy about everything. Yeah. That's, Do you know that's, what could happen as well? Something else that could happen. And Batman versus Superman. Is something else that could happen is the fact that he felt so under pressure to perform and, and to save everyone because it was only him. And when he comes back, there's going to be five other metahumans or heroes that can take the weight off of his shoulders and he can share that burden and he's got people that he can talk to and confide in other than his priest and his mum you know and so now he has Batman, he has Wonder Woman Flash, Aquaman, Cyborg he has all these people that can deal with problems in their areas and he can concentrate on just the one thing like one of the things that uh, you notice from Batman versus Superman is that he's constantly all over the world trying to solve problems mm-hmm. and if he can concentrate on just like his little corner of the world then you know that takes the pressure off that allows him to relax a bit more and to concentrate on making sure that everyone that needs help gets help because that was one of his big problems was that he felt like whatever he did it was never enough for every one person that he helped there were two people that needed help but he couldn't and they blamed he felt that they blamed him as a result of that um maybe i'm reading too much into that but that was what i kind of took from that and so the idea that he has this support system uh when he comes back that could also be used as a way of lightening him up and and helping him become the man that he needs to be or he should be, you know. But um, either way, like I, I'm super optimistic for this movie. It's like I, I will still defend those two movies that came before uh, to a point. I'm not blind enough to say that they're great movies or they're perfect movies. I enjoyed them myself personally. Um, I know that other people like yourself saw them, thought they were okay, and then the more you thought about it, they kind of fell apart, and that is true. 
Um, but, you know, I, I just kind of take them for what they are, which is kind of like a spectacle movie. And, um, you know, it's kind of, it's good enough for me at the time. It's it's fine. But just, um, I, I think that they're on the road to putting a lot of stuff right. I'm hoping that they are. Um, everything looks a lot lighter. It looks like they've learned their lesson that you can have bright colours in a superhero movie, which is good. Uh, you can have lots of jokes in a movie, which is good. Um, they just need to um, follow through and make sure that they maintain that. And if Zack Snyder is not trusted as much as he was, then that's not a bad thing. Um, Jeff Johns has got a guiding hand on the, on the rudder now. And mm-hmm. that is a man that gets those tentpole characters. And uh, what's really encouraging is the fact that he is a man that has written uh, Green Lantern for quite some time as well. And so if and when they get the Green Lantern Corps movie off of the ground, I expect that to be a fairly decent movie as well. And that should feed into Justice League down the line. And we're just going to keep seeing all of these different um, corners of the DC universe open up and feed into each other. And it's been a very difficult start. Um, You know, they, they had a lot of catching up to Marvel to do. They're nowhere near catching them yet, but they're well underway. Um, yeah, and I think I am, after Suicide Squad, and, or at least in our tweet, <clears throat> wow, with the, with the Suicide Squad trailer, too, I really did enjoy the, um, the whole, like, ac- the action Suicide Squad looks awesome, it looks mm-hmm. crazy, like, fun, um, I think David Ayers is a really solid filmmaker, so I'm hoping oh, yeah. that, he, that he nails this. It seems like it's going to be a lot of fun. Mm. He did and uh, so, he did Fury, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, that was a great movie. I really enjoyed that. Right. And and just, and just he did um, End of Watch, which is another great movie. Yep. Both of those movies have light moments, but for the most part, they're very serious. This seems like it's just fucking... Batshit insane. Like, yeah, it just seems <laughs> insane. It seems fucking insane. Yeah. And I'm so excited that, because it looks like a ton of fun. Yeah. And they've done such a great job of telling you Batman's in the movie without showing you much of his of his mm-hmm. um involvement. Yeah. The cast is really good. Um What I love about it is the fact that I still have no idea how much of a part the Joker has to play in this movie. He could yeah. be the main bad guy or he could just be a side plot. And I, I have no fucking clue, and that's what, great. What it seems like, it seems like he's a side plot, and, and that, that is awesome. The Enchantress is the main antagonist. That's fine by me. That's that absolutely seems to be fine. What they're, do- what they're going for, I yeah. think. I mean, it looks as though they're going to be working in kind of like a backdoor um, kind of um, origin for Harley Quinn. Well, it seems to me what I do kind of like with DC's world building compared to Marvel's. Hmm. Marvel's was always like, especially in their early goings, it was like, oh, here's a cute little nod, an Easter egg. Um, And then some of those things started to fall apart as they started building those other things. And then it was like, oh, now this isn't a cute Easter egg. This is legit world building. 
the Man of Steel and Batman vs Superman, the only DC movies we've had so far. Man of Steel doesn't really have anything. It didn't seem like they were really ready to do anything. Mm. Man of Steel has like the the Easter egg really is that you get the Lex Corp and and yeah, the the, and, the Bruce Wayne's the the Wayne Tech satellite. Yeah. Those are the two <laughs> things that really are like, oh, here's a nod to the bigger universe. Yeah. And it, they paid off in them kind of the um the big thing for um to say about Batman versus Superman there's a million fucking things going on in this movie but mm-hmm. there is enough small things going on in the background that seem like they're building to bigger things and with Suicide Squad coming out this month it's or next month it seems like to me the the vibe i get is that because like Batman's been around for a really long time, yep. established. Mm. He makes a reference to the Joker, established. It seems to me as if Jared Leto is not the same Joker. No, no. It and, seems and like that is this character that is a... Which is almost cooler because it's almost like saying you could think of whatever Joker, like the Joker seems like he was a thing before and that he is, he is inspired by this other Joker. Mm. Yeah. Um, whether or not, and it does seem like maybe it's, it's one of the, um, former Robins and yeah, I kind of dig that idea and not just going with the Joker. And then you could also say like, whatever you think the Joker was originally, you could throw that in there. Cause it's, it's you know, it's in the, it's, mm out there who knows how much they'll delve into that but i like saying oh batman comes with a ton of history he's been around and so knowing that the joker's been around and knowing that this joker is such an extremely different version of the joker it seems like now i'm almost like okay with this mexican drug cartel inspired joker because he's not this he's not your classic joker he is a take on the joker Mm. which i think is cooler I yeah. think that I'm fine with that as long as it's not like when you you want to do like if you're like this is the Joker as he has always been shown and he's so dramatically different then it's kind of like okay okay you made a lot of you took a lot of leaps with this character when you're saying this is a character in, that has in the world been inspired by this the idea of this character then I'm like oh that's a really neat idea and then I don't mm-hmm. care what you do with it because yeah. you, you've you've managed to like take that one step away from the classic like if you're saying if even if and if you were like the the big problem with Batman killing if you it's like well this Batman adopted this persona and isn't necessarily the one that always that didn't kill the other one did like whatever if you want to like get weird with that kind of stuff then i'm like okay well that's an interesting choice and now i feel like you are taking the character into your own hands in a way Hmm. um so that makes those dumb tattoos seem a little easier to swallow basically um to think that this is a guy who has adopted this character but um Suicide Squad, it just looks like a ton of fun. It just looks like a, it's insane, crazy, fast-paced, got a great cast, a lot of fun. Um, looking forward to watching it and hmm. really enjoyed the trailer that they put out today, too. Yeah. And a lot of really great imagery. 
um, and cool things that they're trying. So, hmm. yeah, no, the um, I, I think the the most encouraging news coming out of uh, today, at least for UK uh, listeners and and people that are going to watch the uh, the film over in the UK, is that the film passed a uh, a fifteen certificate, which uh, I guess is kind of like your. I don't know if it's necessarily the R rating, but it's kind of it's it's a weird kind of in between rating. Um, Fifteen is um, it's a pretty decent rating for a film that is going to be a bit more violent, a bit more sweary. Um, and normally I would be I I wouldn't really care that much, but the mm-hmm. the fact that Deadpool did as well as it did, being an R rated movie, mm-hmm. um, means that. This movie can now take a few more risks, and I think some of the reshoots might have lent themselves to going for a harder certificate. So, all in all, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing this film. I, I think it's going to be a, a super violent movie. You look at some of the characters that are in this film. You've got Killer Croc, who is... he eats people. So, you're going to see that, probably. Uh, you've got Captain Boomerang, who use his fucking razor-edged boomerangs to kill people. So you're going to see people getting stuck with that shit. Will Smith is going to kill a fuck ton of people. He's just going to shoot them dead. Uh, Enchantress, uh, that outfit, wow. Um, and it seems like I don't know what the I there there's something that she's clearly doing with like all these like weird like these people with the things around their head, and I'm excited to see what that's like mm-hmm. and. Um, I think the best thing is the fact that this, all of the trailers that we've seen, and we've still got no fucking clue what the actual plot is. Right. Well, it seems like it's, it, we're sitting here and we're going like, oh, there's like a million things happening in these. Like we're seeing a ton, but not really getting but not a lot in of context, context for it, yeah. which is cool. We, it makes a nice change because trailers have become their own worst enemy, like filmmakers' own worst enemy, in that they just spoil everything. Like, nine out of ten times, I see a trailer for a movie, and I don't need to see the movie anymore, because I know exactly what happens. Um, a, a prime example, actually, being the uh, the new uh, Blair Witch movie trailer that came out. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a scene in that trailer where they're surrounded by those little stickman things, and one of the girls goes crazy, and she snatches one out of a tree, and she's blaming one of the other girls, and she snaps it in half, at which point this girl's neck snaps back, and she just falls to the ground dead. Now, I don't want to know any of the people that die. Right. I, I, I want to go into that thinking any of these people could die, any of them could live. And the well, fact I, that they've done the that thing has straight well, I'm away glad you brought that, that up. Mm. What's frustrating to me specifically about this whole um, Blair Witch thing mm. is that they had been for a while now they've been promoting this movie um as a movie called the wood yeah. the woods mm. um and there were rumors that it was actually blair witch um which is cool my problem is not only this close to the release revealing that it or like this far and close like it's close to coming out but it's still kind of a ways away it's not till september revealing that it's actually blair witch and putting out a trailer that 
reveals some stuff. It seems to me like what you could have done was maybe implied that it was Blair Witch. Mm-hmm. And then when the movie comes out, you say, boom, it's Blair Witch. And yeah. then that, that ramps up the word of mouth and maybe people get more excited about it. Instead, this reeks of a marketing team that is terrified that it's not going to work and is scrambling to it's like somebody was like we're going to call it the woods and we're going to release marketing for it ahead of time Hmm. and somebody was like oh yeah that's a cool idea but we're going to tell people it's Blair Witch right we got to tell people it's a a Blair Witch movie because that's a franchise and if we don't tell people they're not going to go see it so we got to make sure we tell people though we can't just like let it go and to me, it's like, well, it's just you were already promoting it. People already were seeing trailers and probably went, oh, that looks good. Just release the movie. Mm-hmm. You don't have to tell everybody that it's Blair Witch. It's let leaves a mystery. Like, that would have been so fucking cool to go see the woods. And at the end of the movie, you're like, fuck, that was Blair Witch. That was crazy. I had no idea. I wasn't expecting that, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, here's Instead, the thing. Like, it's, I, it's I feel fun. like I feel like you you'd realize that very soon into the movie, as soon as you start right. seeing those little like which is fucking cool. It is cool. It is cool. And that, then the word of mouth such, gets that out. That would be such a great way to yeah. ease into this movie and be like, oh fuck, this but is then, like not what I was expecting. Yeah, but then on on the other hand, you you can look at it from the point of view of we've got this movie. Why would we hamstring ourselves by not letting people know that it's Blair Witch? In the same way that um, they could have. And I know this is a different case entirely because the movie wasn't originally anything to do with it, and in fact, it turns out it wasn't anything to do with it anyway. But um, Ten Cloverfield Lane, like when they released that, um, they were very clever in saying, "Yes, this is a Cloverfield film," and a lot of people that wouldn't have gone to watch it went to watch right. it as a result. But, but the, the film had nothing I think to do is with the it. Genre, I think horror fans, specifically nowadays aren't going to be turned away from a movie because it's not related to a franchise. No, no, I'm I'm not saying they're turned away, but what I am saying is that I think you could entice people that wouldn't have otherwise bothered to come. But like when you see a movie like Lights Out, which is doing phenomenal and has no ties to anything. Yeah. It's like... Yeah. And you see something and you're you see a trailer like for The Woods, which is a great trailer. Yeah. And everyone's like, that movie's fucking scary. People will go see it. You don't have to tell everybody. Yeah, no, I, I know they will. But Whereas you, with Cloverfield, always... I feel like, yeah, people probably wouldn't have saw If it was called, I think it was called Valencia or something, if mm. it was called that, people wouldn't have seen it. I think it. you're always going to have a marketing executive somewhere who is concerned that... You're leaving money you're on leaving the money on, Yeah, you're leaving money on the table if, if you don't put all of that information out straight up front. And you know that that's that's. Easy. That is, this, I think it's cool. Marketing. I feel like that's something I, I would like to see people take more risk like that because yeah. I think that makes for some really great experiences that you don't see as much. And mm. I think it would be really yeah. cool to see more of that. But which um, is disappointing. At the same time, I'm still excited for that movie, and people have said it's really good. So. Yeah, yeah, like that. I that wish, I kind of wish that the feel was held off. I, I kind of wish yeah. that it was either right beforehand, mm. which would have been really cool. Or, I don't know, like, I feel like it's close, but not close enough. Like, yeah. I feel like I wanted to get a little bit closer to it. Yeah, I, I think uh, with that little problem with the trailer aside of, of showing me one of the kills, I've mm-hmm. got absolutely no issue or problem with the movie at all. I'm not going to go and watch it in the cinema because I'm a fucking pussy. And I, wa- yeah. I watched um, the the uh, the Conjuring 2 at the cinema, 
because I had to, not because I wanted to, but because I had to. And it, I did enjoy it in the end, but I, there were moments in that movie where I was laughing hysterically to myself because it was the only way I could stop myself from screaming and running out like a little pretty girl. <laughs> Um, and you know, nothing against girls. I, my sister went to watch that movie, and I think she probably bared out better than I did. So, you know, fair play to uh, to, to womankind because they're yeah. obvi- they've probably <laughs> it's I, I would use the word probably, except that it's more of a certainty that between them they they have more lady balls than I do, yeah. uh, male balls. So um, you know, um, <laughs> thumbs up to the to the lady folk out there that are listening to this, um, if in fact you are listening. So yeah, that's that's Blair Witch. I guess we we mentioned. Um, was there anything else come out of uh... um, Kong Skull Island? I haven't seen anything about this. The only thing I know there's a, of there's Kong a trailer is, uh... for it. Let me see if I can find it. I'll show it to you. Okay, I mean it's it's going to be more of the same, isn't it? I heard a couple of little snippets no, it of information, seems very which... different. It actually seems oh, really? like it's it's well, it was, it was produced by the same people who produced Godzilla. And it really does feel like that massive, like, it, it, it kind of plays like, people described it as, like, a mix between, um, like, Godzilla and Apocalypse Now. Oh. And let me see. If, I'm going to, let's watch the trailer. It's pretty cool. Uh, hold on. Let me find it. So yeah, while you're looking for that, a couple of little snippets of information that I uh, I just randomly heard today. Uh, we all know that Dwayne The Rock Johnson is the best paid man in Hollywood, but mm-hmm. I didn't know the figure until uh, tonight. Apparently, in the last year, he cleared $64 million. So, <laughs> good on him. <laughs> God damn. Yeah. Um, and um, also worth noting that um, I can't remember the name of the fucking movie now. That's going to be f- well. There's no point saying that, is there? If I can't remember the name of the movie, why am I going to give you the figure? Um, there was a movie that made over 100 million recently. I can't think what it was. So there we go. Great. Um, oh, Tom Hidd- is Tom Hiddleston in this movie? Yeah, there's a lot of people in this movie. It's I the cast so. of stack, and it's and. Fun fact, this movie was directed by somebody who directed me in a movie, so... Ooh, Kings of Summer. Yep. Uh-huh. Right, okay, well, I'm going to click on the play button now, so uh, let's have a listen to Kong Skull Island, if it works. It should work. Here we go. We're going to hear an Guns. advert first. Girls. Global domination. Oh, the triple X return of Xander Cage. You know okay, yeah, we're going to skip that. Here we go. Just chopper them in and out. Be a joyride. Okay, so straight up, this is a modern retelling of. Uh, no, I think it's actually set. I don't think it's set modern day. I think it's like it's set like the seventies or something. Okay, well, certainly more modern than more any modern previous than original, telling. Yeah. Except for maybe the version from the 70s, which was set in the 70s. Right. Oh, look, Samuel L. Jackson. (laughs) (laughs) You are going to tell me everything I don't know, or I'm going to blow your head off. Yeah, I think I see where they're coming from. 
This planet doesn't belong to us. Ancient species owned this Earth long before mankind. I spent 30 years trying to prove the truth. Monsters exist. You don't go into someone's house unless you're picking a fight. What you're looking at is a monster from some bygone era. It's time to show that man is king. That is a very well-made trailer. Mm -hmm. Very well-made. It doesn't give much away, but it gives me just enough that I am interested in watching the fuck out of it. Yeah, and you see, like, it's got a really, really stacked cast. Because even the smaller oh, characters yeah. that you probably don't recognize, two of the the guys were from Straight Outta Compton. Mm. Um, you have John Goodman, you've got Brie Larson, you've got Samuel L. Jackson, you got Tom Hiddleston, uh, Eugene Cordero is a very funny comedian, um, and it just, like, looks like a really, really, really fun movie. And, like, not fun, like, it's pretty serious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, shit. when you see Kong, like, Kong's fucking huge. Yeah, sorry, I don't know if people heard that. Um... They've uh, they've got the uh, the gladiator armor for. Oh Hulk. yeah, I was gonna show that to you actually. I found that. Yeah, I'm just watching the IGN uh, video for it. Um, so they are full on doing Planet Hulk as part of uh, Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, it seems like it's like it probably won't be like full Planet Hulk, but it seems like that it's gonna be inspired. It by will it. be a great like hits. They've been doing the last couple movies like Civil War. You know. Yeah. Has, some aspects of it. The most interesting thing to me is the fact that they've made these props and um, they were they will never be used in the movie because of the fact that Hulk is a completely CG monster and as <laughs> such all of his armour and weaponry will be CG as well. Well, do they do have like when his fists show up those are real on set, so... Seriously? Oh, yeah. Well, There's somebody just went to Toys R Us and got a couple again. of big Hulk smash hands and... Yeah, basically. Yeah, no, there's <laughs> times when, like, like in in the Avengers when he's fighting him and he, there's that part where he's, like, the fist is coming down on him. The fist is, like, actually there. Like, they actually have it. It's oh, not shit. the full costume, but... Oh, I, I never knew that. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. The more you know. Um, I don't, And I'm sure they, like, CGI it up for the final product so it looks like it all fits together but it's like a fake hand on set um there the actual marvel panel is happening right now and so i'm like constantly uh, updating to see what's happening yeah J just to point people back to my twitter um i, <laughs> I did tweet and i'm gonna find the tweet because i worded it much better then than i'm gonna remember it um okay so uh, well, you all know that this Justice League goodness means, right? Marvel are going to drop a bomb tomorrow just to take away the limelight. 
and then crying happy face. Uh, because this always happens. Uh, basically, mm-hmm. what happens, and this is pointed out, I can't take credit for this, um, Kevin Smith on the uh, Fat Man on Batman podcast, along with um, his mate, who I can't remember the name of. I'm terrible for names at the moment. I I really do apologise to anyone whose name I've forgotten. It's not insulting on purpose. Um, they basically said that... Um, Mark Bernarden, that was it. Uh, they basically said that whenever DC knocks something out of the park, it's great for them for about 30 minutes. And then <laughs> Marvel have this big fucking box of press releases that they just keep back. And it's like a in, in case of emergency, break glass kind of deal. Oh shit, DC actually did something well. Oh, okay, well, um, you'd better release the trailer for Doctor Strange. Okay then. So yeah, expect the trailer, the full trailer for Doctor Strange or some shit like that oh, to come out. Yeah. I know there's well, already been a trailer for it, but something a lot more revealing, I would imagine. I don't, I don't know exactly what... Let me see if I can find out what's actually scheduled for tonight. Um, I feel like you'll definitely get a lot uh, of Doctor Strange. Hold on, and I'm I'm really genuinely looking forward to that. I think that's going to be an awesome movie, and actually as well, uh, Netflix with um, Iron Fist and the confirmation, as if anyone needed confirmation, that season three of Daredevil will be coming our way. Um. I'm still kind of waiting for season two confirmation for Jessica Jones, even though I feel like there's probably not much more story you can tell with her until after the Defenders happen. Yeah. So I I don't know. I just I I want lots more of the things that I enjoy, um, which reminds me I have to go back and watch the rest of season three of Orange Is the New Black so I can then watch season four and cry because someone's gonna die. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know who, but. There we go. Um, it looks like Googler's there. I don't think they've started filming it, so there's not much going on. Okie dokie. But I don't know. I'm just keeping tabs on it. We'll probably see Guardians of the Galaxy footage, too. So that'll be cool. I don't know. It's weird. It's weird that like as soon as we finish doing this, all this stuff's going to be out, probably. <laughs> Um, oh, the other thing that I wanted to mention about Justice League. There were two things I liked about the Barry Allen and Bruce Wayne scene. Mm. And the other thing is that in the background on one of Barry's TV is Rick and Morty. <laughs> I knew that there was a cartoon in the background, but I wasn't sure what it was. And there yeah, was part of a, me that was hoping it was something. Ah oh, man. Because there was part of me that was hoping they were going to be really meta and it was like Justice League Unlimited or something. <laughs> But because they always had it out of focus, that you wouldn't be able to to tell. Uh, but Rick and Morty is is a a worthwhile substitute. It's weird too, because I didn't, I don't think I mean, maybe there's like some kind of weird Turner Cartoon Network like connection there, because it's on uh, Adult Swim. But it's such a weird thing to be in the background of it. But <laughs> I love it. Um, so that's pretty cool. Um, what else was I going to mention? Um, so yeah, I Justice League looks fun. I'm excited for Suicide Squad. WW or WB had some good stuff today. How about WWE? How did you feel about everything that's gone down this week? What the uh the draft or yeah. The, dra- the draft and everything. Um 
you know, it's it's a weird one for me because coming out of it, I felt a lot more negative about SmackDown than I think I should have. But that's because the, the it's the nature of a draft. Like they always front load it, and then you get a bunch of shit afterwards. I genuinely was not happy when I heard that Nia Jax and Mojo Rawley were being yeah. drafted from NXT. And it's not anything against them necessarily. Who am I kidding? It's definitely against them. Um, yeah. I, I don't mind Mojo. I think he's he's a, a serviceable tag team wrestler with Ryder. And it's a shame that Ryder will probably get stuck in the tag team division, but at least he will be on television. Um, yeah, I when he wrestled on the draft and he was wearing green his green like hype brother stuff i was like oh okay yeah I, like that's going yeah, that's, like, that's probably, probably where it's going but you know fair play because i don't think Ryder would be on tv right now if it wasn't for what he was doing in nxt um i i think that there's a little bit of push and, and pull where it comes to that like they see him doing his bit on nxt so they gave him a little bit of a bone um, for his loyalty through the years with the WrestleMania win and everything. Um, Nia Jax, just, I don't understand it. Like, she has improved, she's gotten better. I won't ever not give credit where it's due. But she's still not anywhere near as good as 50% of the NXT female roster. roster. I, for the life of me, do not know why Bailey hasn't been called up. Um, I'm hoping beyond hope that she's the um, mystery, mystery partner. partner, but I think we all know it's going to be Nikki Bella. Um, so that there's that. Um, I, I'm very happy with the rest of the call-ups from NXT. I, I think that Bella was a foregone conclusion. I a part of me, I it makes sense. He was third overall, right? Uh, fifth, I think. Who was third? Uh, I think the I think it was Charlotte. Um, I think I it, wanna, it I went. I feel like looking up the draft order. I was gonna look no, it up. No, it's but... all right. It, it went Seth Rollins for Raw. Then it went um, Ambrose Eat for Ambrose. SmackDown. Then it was Charlotte for Raw. Then it was John Cena for SmackDown. Or was it? No, it wasn't. No, Sorry, John he Cena was in was the later, second round. When he came up for his match, yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he was in the second round. But I do know that Finn Balor was the fifth pick. And the reason I know that Charlotte was the third overall pick was because it was Mick Foley, and immediately after he picked Charlotte, the, um, you had Daniel Bryan giving him a rib for being weird with the girls. Yeah. Always being about the women. Um, I can't think for the life of me who the fourth pick was. It wouldn't have been Roman, would it? I found it. Um, was it, Roman? it was Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, Charlotte, AJ Styles, Finn Balor. AJ, of course, which is great for him, by the way. Being the fourth mm-hmm. pick, that is that's great news. At, at least in a fake draft, that's as good a news as it can be. Um, it shows I, that they think a lot of him, at least. They drafted um, way too many people to RAW. Yeah. Um, I um, I think especially with it, it made sense before they said that they had the exclusive cruiserweight division. Um, yeah, and then when you so when you throw that in there, it's like why did you need so many more people if yeah. you're about to bring in a whole new division? But like, the two picks to every three picks that made sense with the two hours versus three hours. 
Um, uh, I I don't know for a, I don't know why for a second they said this thing about uh, you can pick a tag team or you can just pick one person from that tag team because why would you not want a free wrestler? Yeah, I I feel like you would <laughs> if you want Bubba Ray Dudley for example. You don't just pick Bubba Ray Dudley, and I'll get to the Dudleys in a second. Um, mm. You don't just pick Bubba Ray. You pick both of the Dudleys, and then you split them up, and you have two singles wrestlers instead of taking one wrestler. You know? It just doesn't make mm. any sense to me. Um, for the life of me, uh, Bubba Ray Dudley must just be cursing his luck for re-signing. I mean, I'm sure the money's lovely. And he probably still thinks he can get his girlfriend a position in the company. But he showed so much promise as a singles wrestler in TNA. As much promise as you can show on TNA. And um, now he's stuck in tag team purgatory. He's not even in a tag team that are being treated as top contenders. They're just also rant. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, massive respect to Devon Dudley. He's done a lot through his career, obviously most of it with Bubba Ray. But he was pretty much on the way out of wrestling when he was in TNA. Maybe he would be happier if he just went back to training the kids in the Dudley training camp and left Bubba Ray to have a singles career. Mm-hmm. I would be happier. I... To me, when it comes down to with this whole draft is, I think they needed to. I think there are trades that need to happen. I think some might happen. There's a theory. I, hope, with... I don't know how that's going to work, but I definitely feel like. Um, and I know we talked about this on Twitter, but like, I there are like for one, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens should yeah. be on the brand. Yeah, I was going to mention that. Um, you you said, and I I think this works p- perfectly. Although it does show them idiots for picking them both for the brand to begin with. Um, I I think that your idea of they keep fighting the way they have been, and eventually Stephanie and Mick get so fed up with it that they ring up SmackDown and they say, literally, give us anyone in exchange, or you know, what can you give us in exchange for these guys? I would I, I I like the idea too of like like you make it a trade but you say like I like their like I like doing you you have them do their match at battleground but loser gets traded and yeah and, but no I say you do battleground continue let it get out of hand on raw Mm. Uh, for the next couple of weeks, and then at SummerSlam, you do a loser leaves town, and whoever loses gets traded to the other brand. Gets Sounds whoever loses good. goes to SmackDown. Sounds good to me. Or or yeah, or whoever loses like gets the pick. I don't know. It I, I don't. It doesn't really matter. But because I don't want it to be like a oh, loser has to go to SmackDown. No, <laughs> but it's no. it's whoever it's this brand. Maybe it's just this brand's too big. Too big for the both of us, and whoever wins gets to stay. Yeah, you know. Don't just, treat it like oh you have to go to this other brand because that's not a good idea. But I I like the idea of them literally fighting to get rid of the other person. Mm, Sounds um, like a fun match for those two. I just want to look up the rosters now. Um, but I it really no does like when you, wait, you when you have Kevin Owens. But also fuck like when you, when you look at it more like the problem is in to me. Raw has been so many. You just throw 
Cesaro, Miz, Jericho, Rollins, Owens. Um, you throw all these people together all the time. So the fact that like only one or two of them went to a different brand and they're all still in Raw, not a great. However, if you think of it more as singles matchups and you throw in Finn Balor, like the idea of Finn versus Owen, Finn versus Sammy, Finn versus anybody Jericho honestly like whatever I don't care like seeing Finn wrestle some big people and I'm looking forward to that hmm. um what about the announced team changes how'd you feel about that um I I can't remember the exact details I know that um King is no longer on commentary which is actually a shame because from what little I did hear of him on SmackDown, he was actually back in his groove as a heel commentator. Um, I would much rather they got rid of JBL, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but I think that the SmackDown team of, was it Mauro Ronaldo? Yeah, JBL and Otunga. JBL and Otunga. I like Otunga. I really like Otunga. I think he's a very smart guy. Um, I haven't heard him on commentary too much, but I think that he's the kind of guy that could very quickly make a, uh, make himself a, an integral part of that team. JBL, uh, I, I don't know, it, it yet to see how he gels with, uh, with Ronaldo. Uh, it could go well, it could go badly. I, I feel like what's the weirdest thing about this whole situation is like, to me... The old Raw announced team, well, the exception of uh, Brian uh, Saxton, but like Cole Lawler and JBL have been to me like they're that old blood. And to me, seeing I'm excited that I like Mario Ronaldo. Um, I like, um, I haven't heard Otunka's commentary, but I'm excited for a completely new uh, take on it. I think Corey Graves and Todd Phillips are good. Um, mm. When I listen to them on like NXT, I really enjoy their commentary yeah. because they, they really do talk about like the psychology of what's happening and why people are doing certain things. And in a way that really does feel like one, they're watching the match <laughs> yeah, and two that they're understanding where each character is coming from and looking at it as a sport, which I think adds a lot of legitimacy to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, and I feel like when you, Byron Saxton, Corey Graves and Michael Cole, I think sounds like a real solid announced team for raw Marvinalo and, um, Otunga on SmackDown will be interesting. Uh, I, I hope JBL doesn't get too weird with it. I'm hoping they gel. I hope this is like a good announced team setup. Um, and then. Like, it really does feel... Hopefully, they've changed the sets this week. <laughs> yeah, well, the logos have changed. Have you seen the new Raw logo? Yeah, the logos Jesus are different. Jesus Christ, that the Raw, Raw logo, logo is, is horrible. not good. It's not good at all. The SmackDown one, I actually don't mind at all. Oh, I think the SmackDown one's nice. Yeah. I, I think the Raw logo is not great. Looks and like ass. we'll see what... I'm going to see firsthand what it looks like, because I'll be at, at Raw on Monday. <laughs> Do you think they'll get rid of the um of the big LED board? The monstrosity? Yeah. 
I wouldn't mind, honestly, fuck it, if they used the monstrosity for pay-per-views. Yeah, they could still keep it for special events. Like I, I'm. It's one of those things. If you, you, I don't care if they use it. The problem is they use it for every fucking show for like three years, and it's gotten to the point where every there's nothing special about these shows. Like the pay per views are all boring because they just seem that that was the problem of everything. Everything got stale in the last couple of years because it was always the same set, it was always the same roster. Um, SmackDown started doing that weird thing at the beginning the last couple of weeks. That was cool. I hope they keep that. I hope that continues into the new um, show with them. Have you been watching SmackDown at all the last couple of weeks? No. They didn't do it with the draft. So that's like um, not a good example of it. But the last two SmackDowns, at least, I, I watched those. And they would start with people backstage or entering the arena with like the announced team going, Oh, here's uh, Kevin Owens coming into the arena tonight. And then he might have an interaction with somebody or it'll be like Sami Zayn cutting a promo backstage, like talking about what he's going to do tonight. And there it has like earlier tonight above it. And it goes through like five different things before the theme song starts. Hmm. And it was really cool. Um, it was like a, here's what's happening tonight on SmackDown. Here's everybody getting ready and prepared. And, um, I loved, honestly, I love, NXT does that, NXT always seems like they're really treating everything seriously, and when you watch takedowns, I remember, like, you get that shot of, like, Finn Balor in his street clothes, like, coming into the arena earlier that night, and he's carrying his luggage or whatever, I love that, and I'm, I like seeing more of that kind of stuff, um, the sets, though, and everything got so stale and the same, and it really got boring, and it got to the point where this needed to happen, and to the point where even a couple of days before this new section starts, it's hard for me to even imagine these shows feeling any different from each other, mm. <laughs> which is not good, but that's what the, that's why they're doing it, and the fact that they went new logos, new announced team, new brands, fucking everything's different th- now, this mm. week. Mm. To you me, know that really does feel like they they really did realize that how stale everything got, and they're really genuinely trying to create two distinct feeling shows, which yeah. I think is exciting. I like. I'm excited to see where this all leads. Like, and hopefully it works out. I do feel like there's enough good people on both brands that I feel mm-hmm. like they'll be okay. Do you think the WWE title stays on SmackDown? No, I think it goes to Raw, but so, I don't think it really matters which way it goes because the very next. Uh, week you're just going to have whichever brand doesn't have a world title they'll just bring out their own world title so do you think they'll do anything tomorrow night at the pay-per-view I don't think they will because it would show a lack of um... the the thing is not with the title not with the title but like like because it does really the it, it seems like whatever decision you make for your show it needs to be made by the authority figures like it it has to be if raw wants to create a new title it's going to have to be Mick Foley and Stephanie deciding to make a new title yeah um so i get that but there are situations where it's like well one show has the women's belt, another show doesn't. So does the other women's te- like they just don't have a belt? Are you going to introduce one or what? Because you know mm. there's not going to be any chance of that. I genuinely, if it if it was me, I I I would much rather, and we talked about this before. Um, 
I, I would just have a copy of the belts, both belts made. So you've got two WWE championships and two women's WWE championships. And the side plates are just replaced oh with the different God. brands. Hold on. Hold that thought. The oh new Thor Ragnarok logo is out. Oh, really? And it is crazy. Oh, You're nice. not going to expect this. Let me find it. Nice. Um, I've been thinking about the whole Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens I think they have Kevin a new Owens Marvel thing. Studios logo, too. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, Kevin, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, I, I think that eventually they'll do the trade thing like you were saying. What I would love would be for Daniel Bryan to say, you're desperate to get rid of them, huh? Okay, well, I've got a trade for you. You give us Sami Zayn, and we will give you Eva Marie. (laughs) And watch their women's division crumble. (laughs) Oh, I don't know. I'm t- to be honest. I'm looking at the SmackDown roster right now, and I feel really sorry for Alexa Bliss and Becky Lynch and Carmella yeah. actually, because they've got. Well, on the one hand, it seems like they want to make stars out of Becky at least, but the, yeah. they gave nobody for her. Bailey I mean, getting caught thing. up going to SmackDown wouldn't be a terrible idea. No, um, that'll happen. That that'll happen eventually. She'll go to one of the two shows. She has to. She's too good not to be called right, up. Right. She should already be but, there. Um, and, and to me, I think that like, um, to me, I always thought the whole time like Sami Zayn should be on SmackDown. Like, there's just mm. something about SmackDown and Sami Zayn that just feels right to me. Yeah. And I don't know why he didn't end up going there in the first place, but um, I'd like to think it's because they're planning on doing what you've kind of. Okay, so here's about. the Thor Ragnarok logo. What the? F- <laughs> oh, I'm just blowing it up. Hang on. Computer's being a little bit slow. Yeah, mine's not up either. But I, I have a picture of it right here, so... Seriously? This is the most... <laughs> this looks like... A Star Trek logo from yeah, the mid-80s. Yeah, it looks like, like really 80s looking, which it I think is kind of awesome, honestly. <laughs> I think you might be right about the Marvel Studios logo. Because before it was all a red block, yeah. and now that it looks as though Marvel is back to being just the red block Marvel, and they've got studios in a different typeface next to it. Yeah, here's the, and then like Black Panthers. Like none of the logos are really that spectacularly different. Here's the Black Panther one. Um, you, that you one, that one's crazy different. This one's the pretty um, the but Ragnarok. You can still see the difference in the new yeah. logo. The the Ragnarok one reminds me a lot oh I like the Black Panther one Mm -hmm. that's nice that one's definitely like well here's what we've been doing yeah the Thor Ragnarok one here's what I like about it Mm. it really seems like this is gonna be a very different um like the old Thor Ragnarok logo was like oh here's another Thor movie this one plus the idea of it being like Thor and Hulk together hanging out mm-hmm. I'm a little bit more excited for this to seem like a very different Thor plus they got um, the guy who made uh, what we do in the shadows is making it mm, so I feel yeah. like it's going to be humorous and maybe really fun I so I'm kind of so. looking forward I to that so. it reminds me of the, the um, 
of the poster for uh, Turbo Kid. Mm-hmm. It's got that very kind of Far Cry free Blood Dragon kind of eighties <laughs> vibe. It's really cool, actually. I just saw a tweet that said Thor Blood Dragon. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm I'm going back over the SmackDown roster now, and actually, mm-hmm. as far as in ring talent is concerned, for the women's division, you've got Naomi and Natalia, solid. You've got Carmella, who has improved a shit ton. I I like her as a performer. Becky Lynch and Alexa Bliss, obviously very good. Eva Marie is the only one that I'm not particularly sure about. Like on SmackDown? Yeah, like even even if they somehow managed to convince Maurice to get back in the ring, like she wouldn't be too bad as long as she got rid of the ring rust. Yeah, she was really good when she left. She was amazing. I was really disappointed that she left when she did. Uh, but to be honest, even if we just get her back as she is at the moment in the managerial role, I'm perfectly happy with that because it's Maurice on my screen in lacy little numbers. It's fine. She's an attractive lady and The Miz is a very lucky boy. Um, yeah, you got top of the card, you're looking at AJ Styles, obviously. Dean Ambrose, John Cena... Randy Orton. That's what's interesting about SmackDown is that it, you, you like, especially in RBR this week, everyone was like, oh, it has no star power. Um, It's got all the star power. Hmm. Like, throwing Randy Orton and John Cena on SmackDown is huge. Mojo Rawley's on here, but um, Zack Ryder is nowhere to be seen. I think the biggest, wait, on the SmackDown roster? Yeah. They're both on the SmackDown roster, right? If you go to Superstars, there's like a little thing at the top uh, where you can... On the website? On the website. If you go to uh, wwe.com forward slash superstars, um, there's a grey box next to the search box. uh, And if you click on it, it lets you define your search by uh, roster. So there's Raw, SmackDown Live, WWE, NXT. They really are running with this SmackDown Live thing, aren't they? Mm-hmm. They don't call oh, it yeah, Raw Live. Are. God damn it. Um, yeah, so if I go to Raw... And it's... Um, Raw seems to be stylized in all caps now, too. Hmm. Which I don't think was the case before. No. Yeah, he's not on the he's website. On but he's on the... He, I was looking on Wikipedia. He's on there. Let me have a look. This would be a laugh. Let's have a look under NXT. <laughs> they put Zack Ryder there. Well, technically, he was a tag team performer on NXT. Sawyer Fulton, what is going on with your hair, son? Jesus Christ. Tom Phillips is still uh, down on NXT, apparently. Have you noticed how... um, Do you watch NXT that much, Tyler? Occasionally, not every week, but I usually watch it, and Uh, I always watch the other stuff. Paul Ellering who is obviously a legendary Hall of Famer, manager of the Road Warriors, been around the business for years. I've never known someone that is is a Hall of Famer to look so nervous and out of place in front of a crowd. Like, he just, he walks out and he just kind of, like, stares dead centre and occasionally his eye will flick over to where the camera is just to make sure it's still there. 
<laughs> Honestly, it's like he's a really, really bad extra in a soap opera. <laughs> and I, all respect to the guy, That's a shame. he's had a, a career like no one else. But I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I don't know what's going on with him, but he shouldn't be as nervous as he appears. He really shouldn't. I'm looking through the roster of NXT now, and I've never heard of Mandy Rose. Billy Kay, yeah, fair enough. Now, here, here's the travesty. Alia, who we all know from um, NXT, um, what's the word, Road Diaries or whatever, mm-hmm. the um, the documentary that they did, um, she has a profile. Mandy Rose, who I've never heard of, she's got a profile. Liv Morgan, who I absolutely love and genuinely think will be one of the next big things to come out of NXT as long as they give her an actual run. Um, she's on there. I cannot find Tully Blanchard's daughter anywhere. And she is, for me, one of the best in-ring performers that they've got left on the roster right now. Mm-hmm. Basically, you've got Bailey and Asuka, and then there's a massive void. <laughs> and... Mm-hmm. and um, I can't remember her name. It's it's obviously her. She's going with her, her real last name, Blanchard, but I can't think what her first name is. Um, so forgive forgive me again. I'm forgetting the name of somebody who I really shouldn't. But um, yeah, she uh, she isn't on this roster. But I would genuinely say that she's probably like the third or fourth best hand in the women's division on that roster. Mm-hmm. Hold on, I gotta I gotta find Zack Ryder so I can look <laughs> see if he's on SmackDown on his page. He oh, I hope I, I really 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 want more than anything for Adrian Neville to get his name back. Oh yes, please. I fucking hate that. They he's call on him Raw, Neville. isn't he? He's on. Yeah, Raw. that's such a bad. Name. He shouldn't be there either. He should be on uh, SmackDown too. I think. C D F K M N. No, there's Neville. Neville's on there. The man that's been injured for months and hasn't appeared on TV except for like one interview. He got he got drafted. Yeah, no, I know he got drafted. I'm I'm just a little bit disappointed that Zack Ryder, who's actually been on TV in the last week or so, isn't on their bloody pages. Well, he's he's listed as a SmackDown. Like if you go to his page, he has the logo above his page. So I don't know why he's not on the page, but mm. he's obviously in the roster. And then. Um, Heath Slater, of course, doesn't have anything next to his name. I don't know what they're... Is he getting time off? Or... No, no, no. You, they're they're going to call him the one-man brand. I like that. That's so stupid. I'm but... a one-man brand. I like it, though. <laughs> he, needs to, he needs to come out with, like, a new updated logo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have a God, t-shirt. that would be so fucking great if he just pretended like he was his own brand. It's like in that one episode of Futurama when they're at the Olympics and the guy comes out and it's Nation of Joe and it's the guy, oh, guy no, you know what he's go- with his face on it. You know what he's going to end up doing? Like, genuinely, this is what will happen. You remember when Stevie Richards took over Sunday Night <laughs> Heat and called it Stevie Night Heat? Mm-hmm. I think what's going to happen is Heath Slater is going to adopt superstars and he's or, or whatever the Saturday Night Show is and he's going to call it Saturday Night Slater. Oh man, I like that idea of him only being on those shows and being really 
really angry about it and calling himself the one man brand. <laughs> or he and could be on every show. He'll just rock up and they'll be like, you're not on Raw. And he'll be like, I'm the one man brand, baby. I can be on whatever show I want to be. <laughs> That'll be interesting. Oh, man. I'm interested, genuinely interested to see where they go with that. They probably won't go anywhere with it. He's probably never going to return to TV. He'll probably just be fired. Mm. Wouldn't that be sad? <laughs> that would be sad. That would, especially after 12 stitches. Well, the worst part is, okay, so this is where the draft, like, legitimately felt like it, like they were, like, uh, where Stephen Foley and um, uh, Brian and Shane were legitimately just picking for their own brands mm. because there were so many things where you're like, this doesn't make any sense. Um, Owens and Zayn being on the same one doesn't yep. make any sense. I feel like Neville should have been over on SmackDown where instead of on Raw, which is already top loaded with like mid card talent. Mm. Like, what are you gonna do with Neville? He's gonna end up going nowhere. Whereas there was plenty of room for him on SmackDown. Yeah. Um, you know the, who else actually? Why? Why is it that you? You? They did this whole thing the whole night where they where the social outcasts were like. We're going to get drafted together. We're like the number one pick. We're going to be great. And then they were getting freaked out because neither one of them were getting picked. And then Bo got picked and they were freaking out because it meant that, well, what if they didn't end up on the same brand together? He was great during that, by the way. And then you pick McGillicuddy and he goes to Raw, which is the same brand Bo got drafted to. And then you don't draft Heath. So you didn't even break up the social outcasts. No. So now that still has to keep happening, or at least, like, why wouldn't it? You know? Because, like, uh, why is Braun Strowman on his own brand? Why the fuck did you draft Braun Strowman to Raw and everybody else to SmackDown? That's so dumb. Well, because you know who else is on uh, Raw? Brock Lesnar. And Big oh, Show. Jesus. And Big Cass. And Big E. Oh, and Bubba Ray you, Dudley. And you, you Wait, and you think that Raw is the better show? That just made me disgusted. I don't even want to go on Monday. And Mark Henry and Luke Gallows and Kevin Owens. and I'm just listing all and, of oh, the big men. The problem is there's a lot of really great people. Rusev. The problem is you're right. Like There's so many big men over there, and I don't want to see any of them wrestle each other because ever. Because deep down, uh, it's still Vince McMahon just feeding his boner for big men. That's basically mm-hmm. all it is. He still thinks that Raw is the big show. You've only, you literally, all you have to do well. is the big, 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 big. <laughs> uh, all you have to do is look at the um, the treatment of the commentary teams to tell which show he prefers. Mm-hmm. Because all of their top talent, you've got Michael Cole and um, the two from NXT. Corey Graves and Tom Phillips, like that is probably their best free individual announcers right there. Um, I do not have a clue what the fuck was going on for the last year and a bit with Byron Saxton, but he's literally just sat there, got insulted every now and then, and... Threatened too. Made well, most of the yeah, time. and made stupid faces whenever they've advertised the uh, the network. Like literally, I, I've I've got pictures on Twitter that I've taken when they've been talking about the network. Like JBL's gone into his whole spiel of, "Why would you spend fifty four ninety nine a month to watch our pay per views when you could get the WWE network?" I know this sounds more like St- Steve Austin, but stick with me. Mm-hmm. 
when you could get the WWE Network for $9.99 a month, Michael. $9.99. Meanwhile, Byron Saxton is sitting there looking at the camera with his little finger up to his mouth like fucking Dr. Evil making making a face that looks like he's thinking to himself, should I have the burger or the hot dog? Hmm. I think that was him... I don't know if it's a Vince thing, and he's still on Raw, right? That sucks. Hmm. I don't know if it's a Vince thing. I don't know if it's a him thing. I don't know what's going on. Or if it was just him and Cole and JBL, and Cole and JBL just shitting on him all the time. Hmm. But it has not worked, and I'm ultimately just really happy that Cole and JBL are split up, and that and that Cole is being put with two other people, or not two other people, but at least one other person besides um, uh, JBL, who I think will legitimately attempt. Like if you, I feel like if you have Corey Graves and Michael Cole call a match, hmm. Cole will pay attention. Yeah, because I think he's capable of it. But I think so much of the time. And on top of that, when you're trying to establish your brand is better, the f- when the announcers yeah. are different. Like, I'm hoping everybody steps their game up across the board. I would hope I really so. hope that it truly is so. a competition between the, these The guys. thing is, the, the problem that they have, or had, rather, with Michael Cole is that he was basically having to split his attention between commentating on a match and babysitting. Mm-hmm. Like, he was literally sat in between two children. One of whom was just sitting there being very quiet and being picked on. The other of whom was the one that was being loud and obnoxious and doing all of the picking. And the best thing they could have done was get JBL off of that show. Um, Byron Saxton can commentate. It's just that he... I don't don't think he necessarily has the forceful um, personality to uh, really stamp his authority on... uh, those two people. Michael Cole is still the best commentator in the company. Um, Corey Graves will no doubt get the best out of Michael Cole because he is one of those few people in the company who can act a heel but at exactly the same time still actually tell a story and commentate on what's going on in the ring. Um and he has the advantage of having worked with a lot of the newer guys, which means that he actually has a frame of reference to talk about these people. So when Finn Balor comes up, um, even though I don't think they ever worked against each other in NXT, I'm sure they will have worked against each other at some point in the past. And if they haven't, he can always make that shit up. No one is going to believe that JBL worked against Finn Balor, but they might buy that Corey Graves worked against him. Or he can go on the basis that I knew I've known this guy for three years in NXT. Uh, he's an absolute asshole. Blah 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 blah. You know he can always draw on that experience. And going forwards, there's going to be you know you've got Apollo Cruz who's on Raw. I think I could be completely wrong about that one. In fact, I probably am. Um, Corey Graves. Apollo Cruz. Oh, Apollo Cruz. Oh shit. Yeah, I think he's on Raw. Okay, so he's another one that I think should have been on SmackDown. But you've got a lot he of the new era be, guys. Hold on, let me look it up. <laughs> Fuck it. There's a lot of the new era guys who appear to have gone to Raw for whatever reason, and SmackDown appears to have gotten a lot of the guys that need rehabilitation. But to be fair, and that's fine by me. Yeah, if only they put Cesaro the re- over there. 
I think one of the great things about it is that you have, honestly, SmackDown being the brand that John Cena is on, I think is huge. Hmm. I think that legitimately goes from then, I want to see, I'm going to watch Raw because I want to see John Cena too. I'm going to watch SmackDown because that's where John Cena is. And there are fans that watch for John Cena. And there are people, he goes and does events like the ESPYs and like um, the Teen Choice Awards. And people might be like, oh, I want to watch this guy. When's he on? Mm. He's on SmackDown. He's on Tuesdays. So I feel like that might give yeah, absolutely. a huge lift. Absolutely. But he has to work a, a decent number of dates because if he is going to be doing what the suspicion is, which is starting to take his foot off the gas, then having John Cena on SmackDown is not going to do them any favours if he's mm-hmm. not there half the time. Um, uh, just, Cruz is on SmackDown, by the way. Oh, he's is on SmackDown. Okay. Well, that's that's all right then. That's all right. Um, I, he's one of those guys that needs rehab. To be fair, I think that the tag division on oh SmackDown is really good. I wish they had kept, and I know they said this on RBR, but I wish they had kept the New Day and Enzo and Cass on different shows. No, oh, they should have. Yeah, I agree. I, they definitely. I feel like. Uh, I think the New Day should have gone to SmackDown. I would have been fine with either, honestly. It's one of those things where you you don't have to worry about people not being seen on your show if they're evenly set up. Like, I feel like mm. they're not too far off. I feel like a couple of moves here and there. Mm-hmm. Again, Raw doesn't need so many extra people. They don't need that many people on the roster. You could send, like, f- five or six people from Raw to SmackDown, and I think that that would honestly fix a lot of the issues that the draft had Hmm. just because it's like the the base isn't bad it's just it's missing these key elements that raw seems to have too much of like it's raw is too many of the same people who've been fighting for months now Hmm. so you're not shaking things up a bit it's all the same and you're taking only a handful of those people out of the equation whereas split them up more evenly and then you don't really have that issue um but I, i also think um, I feel like Austin Aries probably could have been called up from NXT for this instead of yeah. Um, obviously, I I think it was a complete waste of time for Eva Maria to be drafted from NXT. Oh, it's a horrendous waste of time. What a waste of a of an opportunity to bring somebody up because you could just bring Eva Marie back. She's established. Yeah. People know who she is. She was on TV before. But to she be... returned. I she returned to TV mm-hmm. like two months ago. So. Don't waste an NXT pick to bring her back to the roster. First of all, don't bring her back to the roster, period. There's She's garbage. But there there are other people on NXT, like Bailey, who absolutely should have been drafted. Hmm. The second She should have been the second NXT pick. Yeah. No, I agree with that. And um, it, just... it should have been, I think, it, like, okay, of the six people. We, we had the three people you would draft if, if you had the draft for a show. But the six groups, American Alpha, Finn Balor, Bailey, um, I think Alexa Bliss was a good call-up hmm. um, because she wasn't doing anything. Um, Mojo Rally, I get why they called him up. I'm not really too mad about that one, with the ex- only because other people should have gone before him. It does ruin the chances 
And this is only because I think that the only reason they would call him up is because they can tag him with uh, Ryder. It ruins yeah. Ryder's chances of a solo push, which I would have hoped, given the fact that SmackDown does look as though it has some room for movement up and down the card, that Ryder might actually have been given that chance to shine in an upper mid-card role, if not at the top of the card. Oh, just by the way, uh, what was I saying about Marvel uh, whipping the rug out from underneath uh, DC? Oh, that they always do? Yeah. Uh, 13 minutes ago, Daniel Kruper, um, who is at Kruper, he's uh, one of the IGN editors, he just posted a uh, a trailer uh, for the second Doctor Strange trailer, which just went live 15 minutes ago. Yeah, they also they also dropped a new poster for it. Son of a bitch. Um, I still think Justice League comes out tomorrow, uh, probably getting more chatter. Well, yeah, for sure. Fingers crossed. Um, I think that Justice League is just generally more of an exciting thing. I don't think, I don't think Doctor Strange is the thing that you needed to, um, really nail it. Um, the night is young; they they can still yeah. pull something out. out of I the feel bag. like they'll they'll we've cast Miss Marvel. Yeah. Oh. The, oh. Shit. Yeah. That's exactly oh, what yeah, they're gonna do. They're gonna bring someone out and say, um, "This is Miss Marvel." Who would you pick for Miss Marvel? Yeah. Real Larson. Good call. Um. I Wonder Rousey actually, for which me. Which seems it. like is gonna happen, <laughs> and I feel like. Um. Oh. 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 Devin Faraci is there. Um, and he's saying stuff. Um, so I'm just going to read. He's tweeting like all the information. So, um, um, new logo, um, Lupita Nuango as Dora Milaji, who is a villain. Um, Michael B. Jordan. Oh, Dene, oh, I can't, I'm not even going to try to pronounce these names. Lupita is the bad guy or a bad guy. Michael B. Jordan is playing Killmonger. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, she's playing Malice. Lupita's playing Malice. Do you know who that is? I honestly, apart the where it comes to Marvel villains, um, I haven't got a massive amount of knowledge. Yeah. Um, I don't feel like their villain roster is particularly deep in terms of like big name recognizability. Um, they said, "Here's what Thor was doing during Civil War," and they showed a short directed by uh, Takaya Watiti or however you say his name, mm-hmm. um, which was really funny. It's about Thor moving into Australia or moving to Australia, moving in with a guy named Daryl. <laughs> What? Okay, um, I hope that's on the DVD. He said, "He said, I hope they release it." I died laughing. Thor keeps Molnir in a mini bed next to his bed. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, that was followed by behind-the-scenes stuff from Ragnarok, including animatics of Thor and Hulk fighting in an arena, uh, and way Kirby fencing. Way Kirby. Uh, so Kirby looking design, fancy alien people. Hmm. Um, Thor I... also drew a picture of Molnar in sunglasses holding a tiny, <laughs> tiny Thor. 
they they totally should have done ripped off the joke of um, you know that Spider-Man short where um, it's uh, living with four it can be can be a pain in the ass. Yeah. And it's basically he leaves Mjolnir on top of the toilet seat, so Spider-Man is bas- busting for a piss, but he can't because he can't move Mjolnir off to uh, to use the toilet. <laughs> they should have ripped that off. Um, okay, so he says this short. He's talking about the short again. Yeah. He said it's definitely what we do in the Shadow Style stuff with Thor. Five minutes. Best joke, Thor's having Daryl write an email to Stark, and he says, remember the time I goaded you into killing all those prisoners and promised to never tell the Avengers? I still haven't. Um... What? (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) Um... Let's see. New 80s logo. Hold on. It's going up. Um, Doctor Strange footage is pretty great. Trippy-ish imagery that you don't see in mainstream blockbusters. Also, I think we saw Strange using magics to fix a destroyed city block. <laughs> so that's <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> that's great. Um, Spider-Man Homecoming footage opens with a freaks and geeks homage and lives up to it, which is high praise. Footage ends with Vulture reveal. Um, Spider-Man footage was day in the high school life of Peter Parker with all his buds and the people who pick on him. I fell in love. Um, who the hell's playing uh, Vulture? Is it... Um... Keaton. Keaton, I think, but I don't know. Oh, that'd be um, awesome. Ravage is led by Taserface and her Hall H from the back during opening of Guardians Potion. Steals the seat uh, set ahead of the, um, steal the seat set aside for the stars. Um, Dave Batista takes off his shirt in the direction of the Ravagers, who are heckling the stars as they take the stage. Um... Who's Taserface? I have no idea. I don't either. And I don't know who's playing um, them either. Um, anyways, he's not saying for sure. Um, let's see what else. So that was what everything he said. So that's interesting stuff. Uh, and then the Doctor Strange trailer is out, so I'm looking forward to seeing that. <laughs> they should have taken advantage of uh, all the hype from the Netflix series and called it Doctor Stranger Things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. Oh, snap. The trailer for um, the next season of The Flash looks pretty fucking good. Kurt Russell's out. I love that they are adding um, Nebula to the Guardians. As a Guardian? I think so. Oh, yes. Get in. Yeah. That should cause some problems. And Mantis is the other one who um, they're adding to. And it's a girl as well. So I knew about Mantis, but uh, Nebula—that's gonna make things interesting. Because her and her sister oh, don't particularly get on very well, do they? Mm, no, they do not. But anything that gets uh, that girl more acting time is fine by me. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Uh, and Groot's the little. <laughs> yeah, so he's gonna be a tiny. He's going to be a very. They're, they're saying he's going to be like a little different than. Uh, yeah, yeah, because they're saying that um, potentially 
they can treat it as son of Groot because mm. of the fact that he's grown from like a tiny cutting of the original Groot. So he's going to be a lot more childlike and obviously smaller. So that should be that should be pretty cool. Yeah, they have an image of all of them together. Um and Yondu is in the back. Do they have a new logo? I thought I saw that, but I could be wrong. This is great podcast stuff. We've been silent for like a couple of seconds. Yeah, I feel, dead I, feel, I feel like we should probably start thinking about wrapping this up. Yeah, still we should probably wrap this up. Still haven't um, talked about Hamilton, but I think we'll do that next time. Ooh, yeah. Quick thoughts, though, without getting too into it. Like, quick, quick thoughts. It's fucking amazing, and I've never been so happy to be the bad guy. And <laughs> King George is probably my favorite part of the album. That I haven't seen the show yet. I've only listened to the soundtrack. Um, I want to watch the show, and apparently it might be coming to London's West End at some point. So fingers crossed. Oh, for that. I'm sure it will. Um, uh, it's but head yeah, everywhere. it's it's fantastic. I just genuinely every single time that I find myself humming something, it's pretty much always the cheerful little refrain from the <laughs> fr- from the King George um, solos. I I just the, the whole idea of him saying that he's going to send an armed battalion to remind you of his love. And it's mm-hmm. like it's the most it and or uh, like I'm gonna kill your friends and family to remind you of my love, which sounds horrific, and it rightly it does. But then he follows it up with just like do 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 do. It's just it. There's something about that that I absolutely love, um, and just the whole thing. Like I feel like I've learned a little bit more about American history, um, mm-hmm. just listening to it. Um, it's really well done, and uh, yeah, I just I, I can't wait to to give it a watch. Uh, oh yeah, the more the more you listen to it too, and the more you like pick up on how well everything works. Like mm. every like the story is really well constructed, and like when you listen to it, you're like, oh man, like you know, there's all these themes that keep coming. Back. Oh yeah, like, yeah. When you listen to it, and you're like, oh shit. Just yeah, from like a musical, so well written. Yeah, like from a musical standpoint, just the fact that like you've got this like countdown uh, or counting from one to ten, and it's just a constant thing. They use it in the jewel, but also oh, yeah. like there's um, the the mother um, Eliza teaching their son how to t- count to ten in French, and yeah. you know that's like the very the first time we meet him, he's learning to count to ten, and then at the very end she's counting to him and he's counting back and then he doesn't count back again anymore and she counts back for him. It's just, it's really, really good. Um, I do want to go into a lot more detail on it, but that'll have to wait until another time. Um, But yeah, I'm just watching the Wonder Woman trailer again now. It's fantastic. (laughs) That last line about, uh, oh, I basically do everything for him. Oh, we have a word for people like you where I come from. They're slaves. (laughs) He's like, Yes. Anyway, moving on. Uh, yeah, she's so she's so she's not even like really like she's just like oh 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 you're a slave. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then the woman's like, oh, I like you. <laughs> it's fantastic, really. Is uh, she's Gal Gadot? Just I know people were concerned about her being a little bit waif-like for the role, but honestly, she's perfect for it. She's done such a good job, 
and I believe her as a badass, like even as as small as she is. Uh, and honestly, I don't think she's that small. Like she's she's well proportioned and well built for the role. She's got superhuman strength. She just doesn't have to look like China. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's silly to expect someone to look like that because Wonder Woman in the comic books and um, back in the seventies in the TV show, she was not a large woman. She's very slender. So why should Gal Gadot have to look any different? But there we go. That's thoughts for another time. So that will wrap it up at the two-hour mark. Almost. Whoa, booking what? Oh, fuck! I forgot that we were wrapping. <laughs> no, it's cool. What were you gonna say? Uh, I somebody said that Bokeem Woodbine. I must have missed him. But is he in Spider Man? Yeah, he is. Oh shit, he's so good. <laughs> Did you watch Fargo? I didn't know. The Bokeem Wood Woodbine is the one of the main antagonists in Fargo season two, and he's so good. And I had no idea he oh, was in see. this movie. So I got really excited because people just said that he was in it. Also, um, I just saw a tweet that you guys are not ready for the cuteness of Baby Groot Prison Break. <laughs> so oh, this, man, there's uh, going to be two. Be fun. There are going to be two epic prison breaks this year. Fast 8 and Guardians 2. I'm looking forward to both of them. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that is going to wrap it up now anyway. Um, yes, so, no, more, no more things. So no more things until the next thing, which may come out at any time, we don't know, but uh, probably mm-hmm. sooner rather than later. But until then, thank you very much for once again putting up with our inane witterings and uh, random subjects. We've really run the mill today, haven't we? Smackdown, <laughs> Raw, Wonder Woman, Justice League... God, a bit of everything. Spider-Man. How interesting is it that the um, turnaround on DC's film uh, came after they started using that new DC logo instead of the old one? I feel like people are going to be mentioning that more and more. Like, yeah. yeah, like this. This because is... like when I see the new one, I go ooh. Yeah. Because <laughs> now like... I'm like, I'm starting to kind of eat like lighten up on their stuff. Yeah. The old one, like, I I am reminded of Man of Steel. What's that? Uh, it's a Pavlovian response. You see the old DC logo and you're just like, ugh, shit. You see the new one and you're like, oh, okay, give it a go. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, thank you for putting up with our bullshit. <laughs>